The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Thursday, November 4th, and we are in the thick of it post-trade deadline with some crazy news flying all around the NFL. Uh, by the way, you can uh, watch this show, as with every single podcast show, on YouTube. And if you really like the podcast and you want to join us for live recaps, youtube.com slash pick six or on the YouTube app. Uh, wherever, you know, on your smart TV or, or uh, your phone, whatever it is, search for Pick 6 Podcast or probably just Pick 6. You can join us for live recaps post-game on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays. And 1 p.m. on Tuesdays, a mock draft show with Ryan Wilson. And 1 p.m. on Thursdays, a live pick show with yours truly, Pete Prisco and RJ White. Joining me now to break down the latest news around the NFL, CBS Sports NFL Insider, Josina Anderson. Josina, what's up? What's up, man? Lots going on in the NFL with so many star players. I don't. I mean, there's. um, We're going to talk some Odell Beckham and some Deshaun Watson. Watson, of course, not traded. Odell Beckham appears to be uh, headed headed out the dough uh, in Cleveland. Um, There's tons of other news going around, but let's focus in on uh, on OBJ. Who? uh, What's the latest you're hearing? Is he, in fact, on? paid leave administrative leave the browns don't want to cut him don't want to didn't trade him before the deadline but uh you know he's it appears to be persona non grata in cleveland yes i don't know about that okay. um, i would say that um yes he's still getting paid so he's still cashing checks so that's good lights are still on at the house <laughs> <laughs> yeah, OBJ will survive, presumably obviously. not because i've been there um and um and so what's going on? I mean, he's on his second day of an excused absence away from practice per notification from the team. Um, and as I reported this morning, you know, they continue to have talks with regards to his status. That's also involved the economics of what things would look like if he were to depart the team. But as I mentioned on my uh, Twitter this morning, he is uh, per league sources and conversations um, willing to uh, and waiting to go back to the facility uh, oh. upon notification as well. So, um, but that doesn't preclude the fact that there are multiple teams uh, sniffing around uh, his lingering status with the Cleveland Browns and will be interested in adding him to their team if he becomes available. Ah, so 
what what do we think OBJ's preference would be? Um, like to go back and like, I mean, does he want to does he want to play for the Browns? Does he want to play for another team? Do he and his dad want to open up a editing uh, uh, editing business where they 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 crop all twenty two together with REM songs on the background? Which I'm sure his dad definitely did you know, himself <laughs> by hand. I mean, it seems totally plausible that you know a fifty year old man could can you know just cropping up video together and then putting an REM on the background. Come on. What are you doing? <laughs> So I would say um, that Odell Beckham Jr. wants to um, have production and win. (laughs) Okay. What he wants. And that can happen in a number of places. Um, And I believe just per what I said on Twitter, as far as his willingness and still openness to go back to the team, uh, that he will remain professional about uh, that return if the door is open from the Browns. He's not there because the Browns have said to stay home, not the other way around. (laughs) So, I mean, so so in a perfect world, Odell Beckham can sort of would like to just go back to the Browns, be productive, or, or do you think he'd rather the Browns finally say, all right, enough is enough, cut him, and he goes and, and signs somewhere else? Well, let's take away the conversation from what he would prefer, and let's open it up to this. I think that there um, is validity to the question of whether the conversation around what's going on as to whether it's been balanced or not. And what I mean by that is a lot of the focus is on OBJ and his excused absence. Um, But and I'll even pose this question back to you, Will. Prior to what happened approaching the deadline with the release of that or or reposting of a video that was already on YouTube um, with regards to showing how much he's been open and LeBron putting that tweet up, none of which Odell did. What would you say were the distractions that Odell was giving or not um, up through that point. Oh, no, I think um, I made this point on our podcast when we were talking about it on, um, uh, we were talking about it at some point, <clears throat> excuse me, we, God, mm-hmm. what happened there? Uh, we were talking about it at some point over the past week. I don't, at this point, everything blends together, it feels like, but I definitely said, like, I've, I've defended Odell Beckham, you know, in terms of his behavior relative to what we saw in New York, you know, where he's making out with kicking nets and, and, and doing all kinds of, you know, he and Josh Norman are going at it. I mean, what we've seen from him in Cleveland, despite a lack of production, despite injuries, despite the Browns not always winning, despite, uh, you know, hiring and firing new coaches all over the place, he hasn't complained. It's been a kind of amazing to see. Like, externally, he has not been, he has not acted in the in a manner which we probably would have suspected given how he acted in New York, I think. So, to to answer your question, I think Odell, Odell's been pretty good. And even with this... He's not out here giving statements. He's not out here complaining. Really, the only thing is that his dad uh, posted a video. So now let's pause there. So then the next question I have is, what about what the video highlights? What about what the video highlights? (laughs) Uh, It it highlights Baker Mayfield uh, not throwing to Odell Beckham. So let's talk about that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, because they, literally that's what the video is talking about. So it's uh, Bomani Jones even pointed. Are we going to be talking about who posted the video or are we going to be talking about what's in the video? Because th- what the video is showing, right, is a problem. <laughs> and, you know, it's almost like what Giselle Bunchen said, you know, can't throw and catch at the same time, right? So obviously, it, what it's showing is instances in which Odell has been open and that has been numerous times. Um, and has not gotten the ball when he's been the primary target for the call. And so where does wh- what's the root of that? 
Um, I, I, well, I'll ask you that question. What do we think that Baker, May- Baker Mayfield dislikes Odell Beckham? Is he just not seeing the field correctly? Cause it, it seems to me like if you're, if I'm Baker Mayfield, I mean, it's, it's really weird. The, the Browns offense is worse with Odell Beckham on the field. And yet Baker Mayfield's not exactly targeting Odell Beckham. It's, and it's, we can be very specific about that. Odell Beckham Jr. I believe has been targeted 173 times uh, since he's been with the Browns uh, this season. And yes, as a matter of fact, he's run 100 and excuse me, he's run 173 routes and he has been targeted on 34 of those routes. That's 19%. Jarvis Landry, by comparison, has been targeted on 30% of his routes. And yes, Odell has had some drops. Uh, I believe through, uh, I think it was a Chargers game, he had had just one. And then it was another one after that. And then the game in which he came back where he had the grade three uh, AC sprain is where he had a few, obviously. But, you know, the the flip side of that part is that he was thugging it through the injury. So um, I'm just kind of, you know, pointing that out as well. Those are just stats, not, you know, what I'm impugning one way or the other. That's the stats. (laughs) And so, you know, the fact that he goes through a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers and has one target. Mm. one target, one target. I just want to make sure I'm very clear on that number. (laughs) One target. (laughs) Not nine times, one target. One target. What is, I mean, so I, what I'm trying to say is, and and it's not even just me, Will, I am reflecting the conversations that I hear. (laughs) Where, why is the conversation not on what the video is illuminating? Forget about who tweeted it. Because if you also want to be, you know, kind of real about the conversation, let's really try to dig down as far as, and you tell me, because I don't, you know, what what is the real reason for Odell being excused? What has, what has been done by him, by him? um, Yeah. I mean, I mean, unless they're just excusing him because his dad uses too many hashtags. I I don't, I mean, like he hasn't done any, he hasn't done anything that we know of outside of, I, I mean, I think that the, it feels do you understand like what I'm getting? Do you understand what I'm getting at? Because it, what what has been done? Because you know the conversation about whether uh, you know, okay, so having discussions about being traded, not traded, or what have you. I mean, you know, the team has done its due diligence. Um, I, I think it's proper to assess whether it's working or not. I don't think that you know impugns uh, anybody by just you know bringing that up, whether it's his side or even the Brown side. So you know if you move off of that, what's been done? And then here's a better question: Is Odell the only player on the Browns to have family members speaking out? Mm. Oh no, uh, I'm just saying. I mean, right. I'm trying not to get, I'm not trying not to get specific. I'm trying not to get specific, but I think we know, you know, someone else has had family members speak up too. Right, right. Who else had, who else's family members spoke up? I mean, you know, the the quarterback on the team has family members that say things on social media as well. Oh, uh, Baker Baker does? Baker's mm-hmm. uh, I see this is I'm too I'm too I need to be I need to be cool. <laughs> I mean I mean I'm just I mean per my understanding it's not like I follow these people you know what I'm saying but I see things on social media. The point and I'm not, I'm not and I'm not even trying to lay this at the feet of Baker so much because I've had multiple conversations on my own podcasts and shows in which I'm usually the one talking about how I you know the impact that Phil Baker has had on the team when they weren't winning any games. So 
But with respect to this conversation, and, and it is being objective to point out that I don't think the conversation has been balanced <laughs> with oh, respect sure. to him being excused. And that is objective. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I do think that it's it's like, all right, Baker's dad posted something. We, I mean, excuse me, Odell Beckham's dad posted something. Mm-hmm. We've got we, we to be done with OBJ. Whereas, you know, if like, I, I like he didn't. Odell Beckham didn't walk in facility and like start yelling and stomping his feet and and, and demanding more targets and complaining about Baker. So unless unless you know, although it does sound like I think uh, maybe there are some Browns players who maybe like I would be curious to know what percentage of the Browns locker room is like. But let me tell you, but doesn't have to complain. The video is the video. They all review film after every game and see <laughs> the film. In addition to that, there are coaches on the team, personnel, players, whomever, who can all understand and see this same video. You know, uh, every way, game. That, obviously, it was it was previously posted on YouTube, as you noted, and mm-hmm. I, I I hadn't realized that Odell Beckham's dad really just he just uh, he he did the thing where you can you can uh, repost. Yeah, no, he just recorded his screen because you see at the beginning of the video, he, it's mm-hmm. like his it's his uh, it's his. Uh, it's his home screen or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's his lock screen, and he swipes mm-hmm. up and uh, and and then and then turns it sideways. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually from somebody named J Daddy Productions. I, I got. I really. Yeah, have to yeah, yeah. He's, He's not back there splicing and putting things together. And, right, I, keep, and right. I keep saying that on every hit that I go to. I was like, this video already existed. It's been yeah. floating around. Trust me, I've seen it like or I, before it even he posted. I had already seen it three times. Uh, right. It's been out there, so it's not a new video. That's the 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 funny part about it. Or not so funny part about it, but you know, again, just think, just think about. Let's just think about this from a strategic standpoint. So, the NFL trade deadline is approaching. There are teams that have you know shown interest, and a trade doesn't get done. And up to the trade deadline, this video comes out from his dad, LeBron James tweets. Then the trade is not executed. After the trade deadline passes, then there is this discipline or, you know, excusing in which that in and of itself would have to be understood would exacerbate the situation. Right. So now we're we're at the point where he's, you know, being paid to stay home. And so now you're having discussions as to, you know, what it would look like to depart as far as the economics of it. And you're in a situation as to whether you're going to let the player go or bring him back under the circumstances of having told the player to stay home. The coach having said to other players that he was no longer on the team and that getting out, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. then the Baker saying what he said in the press conferences, including, you know, uh, um, you know, there's always room for improvement on the conversation, but I, I I don't remember the verbatim, but I know the innuendo was, you know, I, you know, I'm willing to talk, you know, what have you. But then the flip side of the, that is, but just saying, why is if, if if you go back again to what the video is showing, who's supposed to be going to who? Uh, Baker should be throwing to Odell. I'm I'm just asking. I you know what I mean. I'm I'm just I'm just throwing these pregnant questions out here. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, you know, because the 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 problem is why is the ball not going there and who needs to answer that? It's not is it is it this hands off while well, I'm available, I'm free, communication could be improved or is that really an, a demonstration of 
you know, the onus that's not being taken or uh, illumination of leadership that is occurring or not occurring. Right. Um, with And so how does this play out with like, so Jarvis Landry, who Baker said that he'd had a conversation with Jarvis and, and OBJ are, are longtime friends. I mean, obviously they played college ball together, uh, now on the same team, have known each other for a really, really long time. Um, do we think that, you know, these receivers trust Baker Mayfield? Are they are they concerned that OBJ is, is you know, like with OBJ gone, are they sort of like, yeah, because uh, with any divorce or any separation, you know, there's going to be natural side taking. I, so I guess I'm just wondering, like, how do we think the, the Browns roster and locker room uh, shakes out in terms of siding with Baker or siding with Odell? Good question. Um, I would say that everyone is going to do their best to be professional. At the same time, everybody walks in the door at any place, wherever they go with inherent biases, right? <laughs> and so it's really just up to uh, all players involved to, you know, check that at the door and be professional and do, you know, what they're paid to do, how it plays out on the field, on the football field during the games is another story. This is a really, really big game for the Cleveland Browns this Sunday. Big game. Big game. I mean, you know, the pressure is on Baker, you know, the door is open, Baker, the door is open, Mayfield Baker, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And four, and, I mean, four you fall to four and five, and you know, and you're, you're starting to feel it. I mean, like, well, you know. and not only that, but it's not just the result of the game, but how the game plays out to that result. People are going to be watching. Well, one, we'll see if uh, Odell is back. Will sure. he play? How, you know, how is uh, Baker playing? How is the, how are the balls connecting? All these other things, you know, that are occurring. And so um, I, I, I feel like it's a tough spot for Jarvis to be in. Obviously his, um, you know, uh, friend and teammate is, is going through, you know, something that's not what they prefer. And, you know, the source of, of, of some of that consternation is also his team and the person that throws him the ball, by the way, you know, targeted him uh, Jarvis 10 times in that same game. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's a very, um, it's a very interesting uh, complex situation and we'll see how it, it gets resolved, but very curious for, just think about this for the, you know, front office to issue the, you know, you're excused. And then now uh, calls have to take place as to whether you're going to come back and, and what uh, <laughs> it, it's just, it's so much. And then I hear that, you know, certain calls haven't been made by certain coaches and it's just, it's just, it's just a mess. It, it really is sure. a mess. For sure. Um, let me ask you this. It, let's say that Odell is for whatever reason, let go by the Browns. Um, you know, they, they're going to bring him back. They're going to keep him on the active. It would be crazy to keep him on the active roster um, and, and use him a roster spot. a la the Texans. We'll talk about them in a second, but uh, let's say, let's say hypothetically he is let go. Are there, are there any teams that you think would uh, make sense for OBJ or that would be, would pounce all over OBJ if he became a free agent? Yes. Oh, all of them? 31 teams? <laughs> you said, are there any teams? I said, yes, oh. there are There are teams. Do any teams, do any teams come to mind that you think would be very interested? <laughs> yes. Yes. No, yes. Um, oh, yes. You can still operate. Yes, actually. There. Um. Yes. I think, you know, Green Bay could potentially be. I think Raiders could potentially be. Mm. I think Seattle potentially could be. I think New Orleans could potentially be. Um, I think and New Orleans was, uh, as we talked about last week, or, mm -hmm. or I, think, I think we talked about New Orleans was certainly 
maybe not last week. New Orleans at some point was interested in Odell Beckham potentially. So they, and with Michael Thomas now out for the season, that would which make com- Which complicated things, trying sure. to assess what Michael Thomas's situation was at the same time that the trade deadline is right. ticking down. So that certainly complicated things. Um, and uh, all the Kansas City Chiefs. So there are a number of teams that I, 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 I that I'm pretty sure more than pretty sure that if he is available, we'll come and scoop him up. Okay. All right. I dig it. Uh, New Orleans, Green Bay, and, uh, and uh, uh, the other, the other team that I think we, we said um, Raiders, Raiders, Raiders a lot of Green sense. Bay, I mean, Kansas City, yeah. um, New Orleans, the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The um, mm-hmm. certainly the, the, uh, the Packers always mentioned Seahawks could, could make sense. Oh, and well. by the way, Will, we did talk about Vaughn Miller. You called it. You nailed it. You called and, the and, and my own bad that I didn't follow up on my own thing because after I saw him get hurt after we spoke, you see what I'm saying? Oh, you I assumed, didn't he, oh, assumed he couldn't well, be traded. I, I just, I, no, I just let it go. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I, didn't I mentally let it go. Yeah. And then I remember I, I reached out to Vaughn and I had seen that the number was different. So then I, I kind of forgot about it. And then it's uh, this kind of happens to insiders too. Is when a story breaks, you're like, oh, I should have done this. Oh, I should. Oh, yeah. so, then I, so then I reach out to somebody else to get his number. Get it like within two seconds. I call him and and Vaughn picks up. He's like, "Hey, Joe," and I'm like, "How you know this is Joe?" Because obviously I'm calling him on another number. Yeah. He's like, I, "I know that voice for ten years. I know it's you." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I could have called you yesterday." And had this, you know, so I was just like, oh. had, "He would have had the scoop." That's right. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. Um, I'm mad at my own darn self and, and keep talking. I'm just plugging my uh, computer so it doesn't die on you. No, you're fine. Yeah. So Vaughn Miller obviously traded as uh, Josina predicted last week. Uh, I'll tell you what. Let's take a quick break. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about the, the Watson situation. Okay. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run to the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. (laughs) So Deshaun Watson not traded as we sort of... Yeah, we, we kind of nailed it last week when we were talking about Deshaun Watson uh, as well because we suggested... No, you're good. We suggested that he would not be traded. That it was sort of like leaning that way, and ultimately the Texans decided not to deal him. Uh, was this more about Miami? Was this more about Houston? Uh, who, who was sort of the one that that pull, sort of pulled the reins back here and, and, and resulted in Watson not leaving uh, the Texans? Um, 
Well, I, you know, definitely had some, you know, strong moments where I was saying that this was likely that he was not going to get traded. And that was just listening to the tones of the sources that I was speaking to, knowing that adamantly the Houston Texans felt no pressure to have to deal Deshaun Watson by the trade deadline, knowing that the Dolphins uh, were looking for more clarity and kept repeating even on your podcast that the only route to getting that was the settlements, but the settlements had the non-disclosure agreement a contingency on it that Deshaun did not want to do. And then also with the Texans needing for whatever prospective team to meet their compensation level. And that it was not happening. So every time, just think about how many times that we were hearing over the last four weeks leading into the NFL uh, trade deadline, you know, talks are heating up. It's, you know, da, 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 da. and, you know, it talks can only heat up until, you know, actually <laughs> yeah. one that you actually have the compensation requested on the table. And that didn't happen. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you, you understand what I'm saying the yeah, level was yeah. set and it wasn't met. And, I was and, trying to and, think of some poor, poorly formed analogy or, or metaphor for a, bo- a pot of boiling water where it's like, you know, you can only you can heat up. You can heat up a, a pot of water as much as you want. But unless like or you can, heat, I don't know, it, it was going to be a terrible metaphor. Or that, <laughs> and I'll, just, I'll just skip it. But the point being is that like it never boiled over. And yes. ultimately, yes. ultimately, mm-hmm. the the Texans, what the Texans needed in compensation. This is my take on it, at least mm-hmm. is what the Texans needed in compensation to trade away to Sean Watson was mm-hmm. too much for the Dolphins to overcome without getting some sort of assurances um, either from Deshaun Watson in the, in, the, in the form of a settlement or from the Texans in terms of pick protection, which is the phrase that you hear all the time in the NBA, which NBA teams use all the time, like a lottery protected pick. What Stephen Ross wanted to do was, um, you know, in the and we talked about it, in the event that Deshaun missed games or couldn't play, the Dolphins would be giving away really good picks. And he didn't want his team to be terrible to have Deshaun Watson on the roster and to have to give away good picks. So he's looking for pick protection. Uh, and, and the Texans were not were not feeling said pick protection, probably because in the last few years, they've given away a bunch of picks that ended up being really high and, and they're still feeling burnt by it. It happened twice, I believe. What once with Brock Osweiler and uh and then again with um with the Larry Thompson. Yeah. And Josh Rosen. And Josh. Oh, yes. Right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, you're absolutely right. And um, and the Texans also did not want to have contingencies set upon, you know, the back half of that compensation package. And what I mean is like attaching playing time percentages or things like that, like wanting it clean. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, it didn't get done by. But the reality of the matter is, is that the middle of March is only uh less than five months away, pretty much about five months away. That's really not that long of a time. I know it's a big deal for those of us who do not have two commas in our salaries, but for uh, (laughs) Cal McNair, who has probably, you know, lotto tickets in his uh, corners of his couches, it's, it's, it's snuff change. Yeah, for sure. Um, So we think ultimately that we'll probably see him traded this off season, right? We, we will see him traded this off season. Yeah, and as we mentioned last week, there's a good. This probably benefits Deshaun Watson in the long haul, honestly, not being traded because I mean, do you would you agree with that in the sense that he has more options where he could go if he if he wants to open up those options and he'll be able to potentially uh, find a settlement of these of these cases over the next several months 
he can they the legal process can play itself out and he he'll probably know what his situation legally and with the NFL will be by the time the offseason comes around one would think one would think there would be more clarity. Um, one would think this, you know, waiting could also potentially wear down uh, those uh, claimants against him, you know, in, in terms of whatever it is that they're asking now and including uh, for non-disclosure agreements to be signed or, you know, the amount of money that's being, you know, attached to those settlements. Um, or they could also dig in too. But um, the other thing from a PR perspective is that the public will likely also be more tired of the, you know, topic, you know, five months from now, unless there's new details that, you know, um, reinvigorate it, so to speak, in the in the public atmosphere. Um, but whenever there, look, two weeks ago, we weren't talking about Jameis Winston being down. You never know what <laughs> injuries can right. happen in the NFL or attrition that will create said demand. Yeah. I mean, look, Jameis Winston goes down and I'm talking about Philip Rivers coming out of retirement, right? I mean, like it's anything can happen when quarterbacks start getting hurt, especially with teams who are in the playoff mix because, you know, Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill, maybe Sean Payton thinks he can get it done. He's done it before with uh, Teddy B with Jameis Winston uh, working as backups when Drew Brees got hurt. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you got to have a quarterback if you want to win a title and, the 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 injuries that happen to quarterbacks and or the natural attrition the nat the natural do you, all right let me ask you this anyway the point being is mm -hmm. that it drives the market up do mm -hmm. you think that if do you think that the Texans will find it problematic or difficult to deal Watson at all this offseason if Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and more quarterbacks are on the market or does that do you think that's not as big a, a big a deal for Houston and in, in the specific trade here. Well, you I think you're really good at looking things up quickly. So how how old is Russell Wilson? Uh he is 35, I think. Maybe 33, I'll tell you. Okay. And then how old is Aaron Rodgers? He's 32. He'll be 30 he'll be 33 this month in November. Uh Aaron mm -hmm. Rodgers is 400 years old. Um <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is 37. We'll turn 38 in December. And, and Deshaun and Watson is <laughs> That's I, I see what you're getting at here. Uh, Deshaun Watson, 42, of course, as everyone knows, he is 26. <laughs> so if these legal situations are more cleared up, I, I don't really think that there is a um, question there. Okay. Right, no, fair enough. Fair <laughs> from, from the standpoint of how much ROI you can get, you know, return on investment from who you're picking from relative to their age. Um, and and everyone, you know, thinks that Deshaun is a, a, an elite quarterback, Cert certainly among the top five tops that wherever you want to put him um, relative to his age and projected longevity in the NFL beyond this. So if Aaron is available, but how the question is, how long do you have Aaron? You know, if, if Russell yeah. is available, how long do you have Russell compared to even if Deshaun gets hurt, you still have all those many years after that. Yep, that's fair. That's fair. Um, you get Deshaun and you're locking I mean, him down. Yeah. You've got a franchise quarterback for the next 10, five to five to 10 years minimum. Minimum. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Who, by the way, won't have played a single snap this season, which, you know, you know, he'll, 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 he'll age a year because that's how, you know, time works. Uh, but he, you know, he hasn't taken any hits like he normally would have behind him. What would have been a, you know, questionable Texans offensive line. And, and certainly, um, you know, with no defense, he would have been scrambling around trying to come back all the time. He would have gotten beat up pretty bad this year if he played. So that's a win for him too. And, but although, you know, it's really incumbent upon Watson and all these players to, you know, do their best with whoever their trainer is or however they go about it in the off season, 
to clearly keep themselves in football shape. You know, there's a lot of players who have asked for less practices, especially with the, um, you know, ratification of the new CBA, but it has also resulted in a lot of soft tissue injuries in the NFL. You know, they ask for less playing time, but they, you know, they don't have the body callus, so to speak, you know, um, and, and going through the motions as much. So hopefully, yes, on one hand, he'll have more time because he's younger, but he also needs to be using this time <laughs> to make sure that when he comes back, he doesn't snap into either. You know what I mean? Right. For sure. Uh, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I think Deshaun will probably do a pretty good job of staying in shape. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and football shape, you know, not just, you know, like, like find routines, you know, at home, you right, know what I'm saying? Right, and, get, yeah. get, get, you know, keeping the, the five o'clock shadow trim. I'm talking about like being able to <laughs> take a hit from Von Miller. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think anybody <laughs> who trades for him will be expecting that Deshaun Watson shows up in, uh, in perfectly good football shape. All right. The trade deadline came and went. No action, of course, but, uh, but we did, uh, we got, we got, it was amazing that no trade deadline and we still get all this news that comes out. Odell, Deshaun, um, you know, all kinds of and, stuff. Von Miller, oh, Von Miller got traded. But, yeah, Von Miller fun. got traded. Adrian Peterson, you know, Adrian Peterson on the back, team that's right. going to be facing that team, you know, in prime time this Sunday as well. Uh, and then, oh, you're uh, right. AP against Vaughn. I didn't even think about that. Yes. Yes. I mean, right now he's on the practice squad. I mean, the anticipation is that he'll be elevated. Obviously, they need a running back. I don't want to keep him on a practice squad, does right. for them, uh, lo- losing Derrick Henry, trying to make up for 900 plus rushing yards. But yes, he, uh, Adrian Peterson's uh, new team, the Titans, set to face the Rams Sunday night football with Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and now Von Miller. Mm. Uh, so that'll be very interesting. But what, also, what kind, of, what, kind of, what kind of workload do we think AP gets from the Titans out of the gate? Is it? I think it's like a feel and go, feel and go. If he, you know, he looks like he, you know, looks from the outside always, then <laughs> it, it should be, um, you know, they because they need him obviously to take the pressure off of Ryan Tannehill. Now I remember when Adrian Peterson was uh, set to join the Washington Football Team, who, by the way, initially did not want him, and they they had to be convinced to bring right. him in for a workout because they were looking at Orleans Darkwa and Jamal Charles before, and then they came to Adrian Peterson, who only went after after that went uh, on to have a thousand plus yards for them and started both years after they had to be convinced to bring him in and now he's in the same position with the Tennessee Titans and so uh by the way Adrian Peterson owns a gym in Houston and you know Adrian Peterson the strongest handshake and I think this is like widely known but mm-hmm. I don't know if people say it enough like he will literally like if you shake his hand it I mean like I, I my hand hurt for like 20 minutes after shaking his hand and like I was worried that he had like cratered like some like bones on the side of my hand and i mean i I got a i got a decent grip and a pretty good handshake and it was just a engulfing and just a squeeze and it's just yes yes. uh, but good thing we're not relying on you to throw any footballs this sunday don't shake my panel's hand buddy so so don't so yeah don't don't uh throw your microphone hand um uh, square uh, you know what i'm trying to say Okay, moving on. But so what I was trying to say is, yeah, so you have those two. But what I also wanted to point out today is a couple things. One, today is the November 4th deadline that the two congressmen, uh, Congresswoman Carolyn Maloney and Congressman Raja Krishnamurthy set forth in that letter to Roger Goodell demanding documents and uh, questions be answered in regards to the NFL's investigation around the Washington football team and the collection of the 650,000 emails that came 
shame about that. I did interview the congressman last night on my uh, podcast, and he did tell me yeah. that as of last night, the NFL had not complied and did reiterate that they do have subpoena power and testimonial power as far as, you know, actually doing live testimony to, right. to compel that to uh, make, you know, the NFL have to respond. So this will be very interesting. Today is the deadline to see whether that happens or not in any form. Especially when the when the uh, Roger Goodell just had the owners meeting, and you know said that they have done as much as they can do as far as transparency with regards to just uh, having oral um, uh, remarks as opposed to any written documentation as it did in other investigations, just not in this one. Yeah, it'd be very fascinating to see because everybody wants to read those emails, and the only way we get to read them is either going to be a massively emails, 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 playoffs. <laughs> oh, um, and Will, you have to say something really quickly. You know, I just whether you do, I do. I just want to continue to ex express my shock and condolences to uh, right. the woman family who uh, Tina. Uh, it's on Twitter. I'm going to find it really quickly. Uh, the the uh, family Adam, of, the, of the young lady who was killed in the Henry Ruggs accident. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, just I, an I, awful, awful situation. Yes, I am looking for the tweet on uh, Adam. Uh, here it is. Her name is Tina O. Tinter. Um, who uh, her, she and the dog actually lost their lives in that in that crash. And obviously Henry Ruggs girlfriend, who continues to be in serious condition after we found out that uh, Henry Ruggs was going 156 miles per hour. And um, according to authorities that rather and having a blood level of uh, twice the legal limit. So 161 blood alcohol content and doing 156 miles an hour is, is almost in. I mean, it's a lethal combination. So like it's it, it, I mean, there's just no. There's no other outcome than having it's, someone that intoxicated. Yes, when you have the service provided to take the Ubers at any time that you yep. you, you want to, and it's just uh, and and to I, what is he like? He's 22, um, yep. and I remember interviewing him when, when he was at right after the combine. Very quiet, quaint dude, you know, not overly yep. showy. And for this to be the result, I believe that at least on the charge of the. Um, you know, the, the DUI with the death resulting that in Las Vegas, it's from two to 20 years. And that doesn't uh, pertain to, you There's know, the no, pro no probation is allowed uh, on a DUI with when a death results. They actually just changed it last year. You used to be able to um, charge somebody with second degree murder if, uh, if, if, if they were with the DUI death thing. And now they've changed that. So it's only, um, it's only, it's only, only jail time. But I mean, it seems like if those facts that the authorities have put forward are accurate, that he had a 0.161 BAC and was doing 156 miles an hour and slammed into another car at 127 miles an hour. That, and the that, way in which the the uh, lady died, the, the uh, gruesomeness of that too is going to be a component. Mm -hmm. yeah, e even though Ruggs has never been in any real trouble that I think anyone's aware of, that's a mitigate, you know, that's a, uh, that, that helps, right? That mitigates the punishment, but it's hard to fathom a situation where he isn't, uh, you know, going to, going to jail for, for a pretty long time. And that's just mm -hmm. awful. Awful circumstances. You hate to close out on, on that way. But, I mean, it's it's one of the pieces of news. It's the circular around the league. Um, Josina, always fun. Always a pleasure. Excellent stuff. Keep killing mm -hmm. it on HQ. Make sure and watch Josina mm -hmm. for the latest updates. There will be plenty of news. This, this Odell Beckham thing ain't going away. Deshaun Watson, we might be done with that for like three well, months. Well, you didn't even talk about the Packers and the COVID, so that too. Oh, my God. That's, oh and yeah, Aaron Rodgers. All, all, uh, all immunized Aaron Rodgers. It's insane. Crazy. 24, 48, 72 hours uh, in the NFL. Thanks for breaking it down with us, Justina. Thanks, Will. Appreciate <laughs> you. Bye.
If you want to win your fantasy football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found.